Welcome to Westport Road Baptist Church. We're so glad you've decided to join us for today's message. Westport Road Baptist Church is located at the corner of Hurstbourne Lane and Westport Road in Louisville, Kentucky. If you have a Bible, please have it handy and prepare your heart and mind as our pastor, Chip Pendleton, brings us the Word of God. Good morning. Great to see everybody this morning. Welcome everyone that's watching online. We're certainly glad to have you with us uh, as well. We're kind of concluding a sermon series here this morning. We've been going through Romans chapter 12 where Paul gives a whole list of things, the bucket list of things you need to be doing to live the best life that you can live. And starting last week, we looked at how to deal with difficult people, and we're continuing that on today, how to deal with difficult people. And we're going to be looking in particular at revenge at revenge so if there's somebody you got in mind right now you want to get them get ready okay we're going to be talking about revenge here in just a second so uh it's romans chapter 12 verses 19 through 21 and let's look at that as we get started here today it says do not take revenge my dear friends but leave room for god's wrath for it is written it is mine to avenge i will repay says the lord On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. And in doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Let's have a prayer. Father, we thank you for your word. As we look into it now, we pray you help us to understand it better. And more than that, Lord, help us to live it out. In Jesus' name we pray it. Amen. Revenge! It's something we like to get. Somebody hurts us, we're going to hurt them back. Dictionary.com says this is the definition of revenge. The action of inflicting hurt or harm on someone else because of an injury or harm suffered at their hands. So it's you inflicting hurt and harm on them because they inflicted hurt and harm on you. That's revenge. It's getting them back, getting them what they deserve. They did it first, and now you're going to do it right back to them. We like the idea of revenge. We like the idea of revenge because it, it goes into this instinct that we have of justice. Things need to be fair. Things need to be just. And then something happens that isn't fair or just, and we want it resolved. And when it happens to you, When somebody hurts you or something fair or unjust happens to you, man, you really want it resolved. You want justice right away. And so think about it. All throughout culture, we have this idea of revenge. Some of the most popular movies, almost every action movie you can think of, has as its theme, revenge. So I'm going to just run through a whole list of action movies here. If you just like them, then raise your hand. They're going to be going quick, so raise your hand. You know, if, you, if you like the movie that I, I mentioned here. Uh, let's see, Death Wish, The Equalizer, Rambo, Taken, The Punisher, Man on Fire, Billy Jack, Y'all probably remember Billy Jack. Walking Tall. The Revenant. Batman. Robin Hood. And then a whole string of Clint Eastwood movies. The Outlaw Josie Wells. Dirty Harry. Hang 'em High. Pale Rider. Man, Clint had some issues, didn't he? I don't know. 
But this whole idea of revenge, of getting someone back, and we like it in these movies when the bad guy gets what they deserve and revenge finally takes place. When in open range, Kevin Costner and Robert Duvall gun down the bad guys in the gunfight in the middle of the town, we like that they got what they deserved. When Wyatt and Doc go after the cowboys and cut them down in Tombstone, it makes us feel good. They got what they deserved. It was justice. Well, because of that feeling that we seem to have, Paul talks about justice and revenge. And let's see what he has to say. Three things we're going to look at this morning. The first thing is this. When it comes to revenge, remember God is the judge, you are not. When it comes to revenge, God is the judge, you are not. Look at Romans 12, 19. Do not take revenge, my dear friends. Leave room for God's wrath. It is written, it is mine to repay, says the Lord. Now, it's interesting how he starts out here. Because it seems that our instinct is revenge, and I think our instinct is revenge because of this sense of justice that is created in us as a part of the good thing of God, uh, God is a God of justice, and we are, we are people that then created in God's image yearn for that justice. Instead of condemning them, Paul calls them his dear friends. My dear friends, don't take revenge. So somebody hurts you, and what you want to do is hurt them back. They gossip about you, so you're going to gossip about them. They hurt you at your job, you're going to try to hurt them at their job. You hurt someone you loved, you're going to get them back. Our instinct is always to strike back. Revenge, though, isn't just defending ourselves. Revenge is plotting an attack on them because of what they've done for you. And some of the most famous people we know have talked about revenge in very positive ways. Muhammad Ali said this about revenge. I'm a fighter. I believe in an eye for an eye. You kill my dog, you better be hiding your cat. That's all I got to say. Heinrich Heine said this, always forgive your enemy. Just hang them first. Alfred Hitchcock said, revenge is sweet, and it's not fattening either. Mindy Kaling said this, the best revenge isn't living well. Who said that nonsense? The best revenge is throwing acid in their face, and then nobody will love that deformed monster ever again. Okay, a little extreme there, uh, if you ask me. Julius Caesar was kidnapped when he was 25 years of age, and the kidnappers who were pirates demanded 20 silver shekels. Caesar became enraged. 20 shekels? I'm worth more than that. Demand 50 silver shekels. And so they demanded 50. It was immediately paid. He was released, got his army, went back to the island where the pirates were, rounded them all up, had them crucified in front of him while he ate lunch and watched. That's called revenge. Getting back your justice. Machiavelli says this about revenge. He says, the instinct of man is revenge. So if you're going to strike the first blow, destroy them completely. Good advice, Mac. Thanks there. We appreciate that. But then you have the Apostle Paul. Do not take revenge. But why don't we take revenge? What's he talking about? Well, Paul goes on and he tells us what he's talking about. And he starts out and he says something really interesting. Do not take revenge, my dear friends. Leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. 
Now, he's quoting Deuteronomy 32, verse 35 there. Deuteronomy 32, verse 35, when he says uh, that, that uh, uh, it's mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. So what's Paul saying here? Why don't we take revenge? You don't take revenge because it's not your job. You don't take revenge because it's above your pay grade. You don't take revenge because God is the creator of this world. Everyone that was created is under God, and God is the judge. When you take revenge, you basically become a lynch mob. Well, what's a lynch mob do? They go after someone, there's no trial, they just get them, they hang them, and then as soon as they hang them, every person in that lynch mob is now guilty of a crime too. And they then can be arrested and put in jail for murder because they killed someone without a trial. And so basically, when you take revenge, you are the lynch mob saying, it's going to be me, it's not God deciding this, they hurt me, and therefore I'm going to hurt them back. And then that brings guilt upon you as well as everyone else. Jody Picol has said this, when you begin your journey of revenge, dig two graves, one for your enemy and one for you. So we're told that it's God's job to revenge. And so what we find out about God is some different things. First, we find out about God. He knows and sees everything that's going on. When somebody does something to hurt you, when somebody does something to hurt your family, be aware God knows what's going on. He sees it. He knows it. He, he's fully aware of what's going on. The second thing we find out about God is not just that he sees what's going on, but he is a just God and that he is going to judge everything that is going on. So when somebody hurts you, God sees that, God knows that, and God is going to judge what went on. He is a just and fair God, and he sees and he knows all that's happening. Go read the book of Obadiah or some of the prophets in the Bible, and you see over and over again they're told, God sees everything that's going on, and God is going to judge what's going on. So we're told, leave it in God's hands. It's not your job to, to avenge. It's God's job to justly bring judgment upon them. But what if God doesn't do that? What if God forgives them? That was Jonah's problem. Jonah's problem was God forgave uh, uh, the Ninevites and he wanted them judged. So what if God forgives them? Well, even better for you, whether you realize it or not. Because do you know why you're here right now? You're not here because you're a good person. You're not here because you did everything right. God doesn't look down and say, oh, look at them. Man, I wish the whole world was like them. You know, they're, they're just good people. You know why you're here? You're here because Jesus died on the cross to forgive you of your sins when you didn't deserve any of it. You're here because you deserve to go to hell and Jesus took your place upon the cross and you are here now fully forgiven. And so if God fully forgives someone else, they're just getting the same treatment you got. And you should be glad that someone who was hurtful and evil has now found grace and the forgiveness that you found as well. But the point is, either way, it's not our job to judge. It's God's job to judge. So if that's God's job, then the next question comes up, then what is my job, okay? They hurt me, what am I supposed to do? If God is the judge, what am I supposed to do? And that's the next thing we see. Our job is to live out agape love, and God's job is to judge. Our job is to love, God's job is he will be the judge at the end of all of this at what took place. Now that's kind of hard when you look at our scripture in Romans 12, 20. 
Paul says, on the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals upon his head. Now, that's a little bit different than let God judge. That sounds a little bit different than, okay, I'm not the judge. God sees everything. God is just. He's going to get them one day. I'll leave it up to God to judge. That's different than saying, when your enemy hurts you and they're hungry, feed them. When your enemy hurts you and they're thirsty, give them something to drink. That's an entirely different kind of thing altogether. It's a much different level that we're talking about here. And so when we're talking about this kind of love, again, it's agape love. It's not a, oh, I love them kind of thing. It's no, I recognize that you are created in God's image, that God loves you and wants you to be saved, and that I need to treat you as a person of respect and dignity, even when you don't act like you are a person of respect and dignity. And so that's the kind of agape love we're talking about. Jesus talked about it in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 43 through 48. This is what Jesus had to say. Listen, you've heard that what is said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. I say to you, love your enemy. Pray for those who persecute you. Then you will be the children of your father in heaven. He causes his son to rise on the evil and the good. He sends his rain on the just and the unjust. If you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Even tax collectors and sinners do that. If you only greet your brother, what are you doing more than anybody else is doing? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? Therefore, you're to be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. So what Jesus is telling us right here is the reason that you treat people differently than they treat you is not because of who they are or what they've done, but because of who you are and what you're supposed to be doing. You're a child of God. Jesus said, if you're just nice to people who are nice to you, you're no different than anybody else. Everybody does that. He says, but as my child, you're to be different. As my child, you're to be loving even when people are hateful back to you and then you'll be the children of your father in heaven so you don't do it because of who they are you do it because of who you are and that changes everything but our verse here in verse 20 ends with some interesting words that we sometimes take out of context so your enemy's hungry feed him your enemy's thirsty give him something to drink in doing this you heap burning coals on their head and so you think okay I'm going to be nice to you just so you burn even more in hell. That's, a, that's why I'm doing it, you know. I, I'm going to throw some more burning coals on your head. Is that what this verse is saying? Sorry, but no. It's not what the verse is saying. What the verse is saying is this. You do your part. You be loving and caring. And the rest is up to them. And if their reaction back to your being loving and caring is to be evil and hurtful back to you, one day they are going to be judged. And part of the judgment that's going to come against them is that they took the love and kindness you gave and they just ignored it and went on and were hateful and evil either way. So it's just part of that judgment. It's part of the burning coals that's going to be thrown there simply because you were loving. It is another testimony against them. So we're told God's the judge, we're not. Our job is to be children of God, to be loving and forgiving as God has been loving and forgiving to us. That's not easy to do. And then Paul ends up in this way. He ends this whole section with this. You can either be overcome by evil 
or you can overcome evil. You can be overcome by evil, or you can overcome evil. That's the gist of the matter. Romans 12, 21 says this. Do not be overcome by evil. Overcome evil with good. So something's going to win here. When somebody hurts you, something's going to win. Either evil's going to win or good's going to win. And the choice, every time it happens, every time somebody is hurtful to you, every time somebody does something that, 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 that causes hurt to you or someone you love, you have a choice to make every time. Will I be overcome by their evil against me or will I overcome their evil with good? And every time it happens, you have that choice to make. And often, the easy choice is to be overcome by evil. You hurt me, I get angry. Uh, I'm just in what I'm doing. You deserve what you're getting. And pretty soon, we get the lynch mob mentality, and we're overcome by the evil that was done for, to us. Somebody hurt me, and now I'm hurting them back. Sir Francis Bacon said this, Revenge simply means you are not better than the person who hurt you. Revenge means you are just like the person who hurt you. Wow, that's hard to hear, isn't it? No, they deserved it. They did it first. But think about it in the terms we talked about last week. So someone does something to you that is bad. Someone does something to you that's just plain wrong. Someone does something to you that is directly opposed to the will of God. And then you become overcome by that same evil. And you do something to them that's just bad because they did it to you. You do something back to them that is wrong because they wronged you. You do something back to them that is directly against the will of God because they did something directly against the will of God to you. And suddenly it all looks and sounds a little bit different, doesn't it? And we say, you know what? All that happened was that I was overcome by the evil that was done to me. But Paul says there's a second option. You don't have to be overcome by evil. You can overcome evil with good. Marcus Aurelius, the emperor of Rome, said this, the best revenge is to not treat people the way they treated you. Pretty good words. Maybe the Christians he persecuted uh, could have learned from, from that uh, when he said it, but good advice. So instead of giving back evil, as children of God, we give back good. And when you do that, no one's going to understand it. Why are you acting this way? You should be giving me back exactly what I did to you. No one expects you to respond with love and forgiveness and care, but you're a child of God, forgiven when you don't deserve it. You forgive other people even when they don't deserve it. So you do it because of who you are, as we said. But you also do it for a second reason. You have no idea why the other person is behaving the way that they do. The simple fact of the matter is hurt people hurt people. When someone is hurting, when someone has had a bad life, when someone has never been treated in a, in a good way, they treat others the same way. Why do people do the things that they do? 
Well, sometimes they're tired or frustrated or ill. Sometimes they're confused and overwhelmed. Sometimes they're defending some slight they think has been made against them. Sometimes they've never been in a situation before and they're just scared. Sometimes they feel ignored and they want someone to listen to them. Sometimes they're under the influence of alcohol or drugs. Sometimes they're mentally ill. Sometimes they've been treated poorly their whole life and they treat you poorly back in exchange. Sometimes they're just in a bad mood and they're taking it out on you. Maybe they've had a bad day. Maybe they've had a bad life. Maybe they were in a hurry and you interrupted it or they've been waiting a long time. Maybe they were never taught the skills growing up on how to really be in a relation with other people and all they know is to yell and to hurt just as they've been yelled at and hurt their entire life. Maybe they're just sinners who need to be loved and forgiven by God. You don't know why people act the way that they do. But we do know how we were supposed to act as children of God. Sajik lives in Fallujah in Iraq. And when ISIS took over Fallujah, it was just a brutal time for almost everyone that lived there. And when Fallujah was finally free, Sadak was one of the people that was helping watch as a soldier uh, the prisoners that had been taken. And uh, he said they were lined up against the wall, the small group of prisoners that, that uh, he was with at that time. And one of the men that was on the wall, one of the ISIS prisoners, said, We're thirsty, give us something to drink. And he said, All the other guards said, ha, Yeah, they can die of thirst, or we give them something to drink. And Sadiq said he looked over at the man and he was stunned. It was the man he knew had killed his very best friend. And he took a bottle of water, and he took the cap off, and he walked over to the man. Here's a picture of Sadiq walking over to the man right there. And he kneeled down, and he said this, You killed my very best friend. You personally killed him. And my friend never hurt anybody. He was a kind, gentle man that just wanted to help people. And you pulled him out of his house, and you killed him simply because he believed in Jesus. And in the name of that Jesus, I give you this water to drink. He was asked why he did it. And this is what Sadiq said. As a Christian, only light can drive out darkness. Love is the only answer to the hate that is in the world. Let's have a prayer. Father, we are surrounded by a world that is hateful, a world that is full of bigotry and prejudice and, and just unfairness and injustice all around us. And Lord, the, the justice that you have put inside of us as being made in your enemy cries out for something to be done about it. But Lord, help us to know that that's your job, not ours. That our job is to be your children who are loving and forgiving to all of those who are around us. Help us to live that way. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you enjoyed today's lesson and that it spoke to you. If you have prayer needs or want more information about us, we invite you to stop by our website, mywrbc.org, and click on Contact. Please use the word podcast in the subject line. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, keyword mywrbc. At Westport Road Baptist Church, we love God and love people. Please join us for Sunday morning service at either 9.30 a.m. or 11 a.m. 
We also have Sunday school for all ages during both service times. Thanks again for listening and join us next week for another message from God's Word.